Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're having a great Super Bowl weekend. Today's guest, Phil Murphy, was in Minnesota all week long covering the Super Bowl. And so we had a chance to catch up with him uh, in between all the, the work that he was doing. And, and so I think you'll enjoy the conversation today. We'll, we'll talk about some of the players uh, in this game who, who are representing faith uh, and have been very outspoken about their faith. And, and so we'll, we'll catch up with Phil, and he has some exciting things going on in his own life. Uh, would love for you to get more connected with Unpacking It. You can follow us on Twitter, Unpacking It, on Facebook, Unpacking It, and on Instagram as well. Always love hearing from you. You can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com, and be sure to sign up for our weekday email devotional. We call it Unpack This, and, and you can subscribe for free on unpackingit.com. Well, right now, we're going to jump into our interview with Phil, and at the end of the conversation, I want to pull out one line and unpack it a little bit further, but here we go. Our guest today has been at ESPN since 2010. He has worked as a producer, reporter, and on-air anchor, contributing to ESPN's coverage of college football, college basketball, recruiting, and MMA. This week, he's been in Minnesota covering the Super Bowl, and he's now an anchor with ESPN internationally in Africa, Australia, and the Philippines. I'm excited to welcome Phil Murphy back on Unpacking It. Phil! Thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Doing great, Bryce. I got to say, I'm impressed, man. That bio, we didn't talk bio before uh, we, we coordinated this interview. You have all that that information saved. Very impressed. <laughs> Very impressed you have all that. No, that, that's great. And I want to ask you about this, this international kind of responsibility that you have, because I think it's fascinating. So, so we'll discuss that. But, but before we jump in and talk Super Bowl and everything else, you got married this past Saturday, man. So congrats and, and, and fill me in. How did it turn out? Thanks, man. Yeah, it was great. Um, we, uh, we got married in Denver and we live in Connecticut. So wow. it was a little bit of a hike to get out there and I uh, got married Saturday. And then Sunday night, I flew to Minneapolis for the Super Bowl. <laughs> so oh. uh, she joined me out here on Tuesday. Um, so we're trying to, you know, in, in the little downtime I have, just trying to uh, kind of enjoy the sights together. But it's nice. You know, I got my I'm here doing work. So I can scout out a location and be like, hey, this is cool. And this probably isn't worth our time and money. So yep. um, she'd never been to a Super Bowl before. So I don't think this is quite going to count as our honeymoon. Um, <laughs> probably we'll be taking that a little bit later once it warms up a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's been cool to have her here. And uh, definitely the wedding was, was outstanding. That, that's awesome. Well, so how did that even come about that, that you would get married the Saturday before the Super Bowl? You, you lost <laughs> well, that battle, uh, you know, we I assume. At, we're, yeah, well, we were looking at like times and, you know, we didn't want to have a super long engagement. We got engaged in August. Okay. Well, and um, yeah, so there were some times, you know, in February and March that didn't really work for our respective families. And the girl who introduced us uh, is, is quite pregnant. So she had to be there. So uh, we had to kind of thread a few needles. So when the January 27th came up, I told her like, hey, this this will work. But... I probably will be covering the Super Bowl, and I'll probably have to fly out Tuesday or Wednesday after the wedding. Man. She said, oh, that's fine. You know, we get a couple of days together. And then uh, I found out I had a, a hit for Australia Monday morning that needed oh. to be taped, so I had to fly out Sunday night. 
Um, so she's been a, a trooper about it, but, uh, quick story. Um, her dad, uh, played professional football and, uh, oh. when he got drafted in the early eighties out of Nebraska, um, he, he got drafted by the lions. So they scheduled their wedding before training camp and all that. And then the Canadian football league gave him a call and said, Hey, we'd love to have you come out and be a wide receiver for us. He was, he was a receiver. And he said they, they offered him a lot more money. And so he ended up playing in Canada. But the thing is their season starts a lot earlier. Oh. So his first game was actually the day after his wedding. So he oh. went and practiced all week with the team, flew down from, uh, I think Montreal to Nebraska to get married that Saturday. Um, oh. And then got on a plane, left his reception early to go back and play his first career game. So <laughs> when they found out, like, oh, you guys get a night together, oh, you're fine. Oh, so man. her mom and dad had my back the whole time, so that helped a lot. Oh, that's hilarious. What are the odds of that? that, that that's an incredible story. Phil Murphy, our guest right now from ESPN, and, and he's in Minnesota covering the Super Bowl this week, just got married, and uh, it, it's pretty pretty wild story. Well, so tell us what this week has has been like, just being in the mix and 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 hearing the the conversations and the interviews and and all that sort of thing. What what have been some of the the big takeaways and just the overall experience? Well, I gotta say, um, and just in terms of work stuff, it's been pretty low key. The guys, you know, for the Patriots, for them, this is old hat. You know, their their experience speaks for itself. Tom Brady, um, you know, this is his eighth Super Bowl start. Now, the Eagles, he thought maybe they'd loosen up a little bit more, um, but they're pretty reserved. I think Coach Doug Peterson has done a really good job to keep them from getting overwhelmed by the stage. So from the from vantage point of talking to the players and hearing what they were thinking and feeling, it's it's nothing too, too crazy. Um, but the, the sights and sounds of the Super Bowl are, are second to none. I mean, you have I mean, tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people coming into uh, the city and just, you know, hanging out and going around. And yeah, certainly not everyone's going to the game, um, but a lot of people just like to come in and enjoy the environment. So uh, Minnesota has been an incredible host. Um, I see why they have it here, despite the brutally cold temperatures. Um, everything's really well organized. There's a lot going on in the downtown area. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's exactly what you'd expect. Everywhere you turn, there's Super Bowl signage and events and activities going on, places to eat, things to do, people handing out free samples of something. So uh, it's been pretty sweet. The NFL fan experience, if you end up coming here, the Super Bowl experience is something I would recommend. It's like a giant NFL playground inside of a convention center. So I was I was there twice yesterday. That was pretty cool. Man, that's great. I'm, I'm based in Charlotte, and so th- there's talk of with the new owner and all that sort of thing. Would they build a new stadium and with the hopes of getting a Super Bowl? So uh, I'm, I'm holding out for that because it'd be fun fun to experience that, especially in the in the hometown. Um, well, so just for for your role and your I mean you're covering the the Super Bowl and giving updates and, and doing reports on on what's taking place. What what storylines have have you kind of leaned on, and and maybe is there a a story this week that that isn't getting enough attention that you feel like should be getting more attention? Ooh, uh, I'll answer the first question first because that's easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's uh, like I said, the players have all been pretty quiet. A story to me that that I found pretty interesting and pretty compelling was um, well, funny. I guess I would say the whole thing about um, Chris Long, the def- defensive end for. Eagles played for the Patriots last year. He, uh, when he joined the Eagles over the summer, Ken Flagel, who's the Eagles linebackers coach was Long's defensive coordinator in St. Louis Mm. when, uh, when the Rams were still there. 
And he and he and Long were talking before the, the season, and Slagel told him, hey, man, you know, nothing would be better than you and I lifting the Lombardi Trophy together at the end of the year. And Long kind of jokingly is like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great, whatever. You know, if that happens, I'll get your face tattooed on me. <laughs> and so Flagel's brought it back up this week and said, hey, if this, I'm holding you to that. I have uh... witnessed it. And Long is, you know, kind of going along with it. Um, that was probably like the one funny anecdote. But I other than it. that, I mean, it's been pretty quiet. You know, so the players are just very, you know, they're going through the motions with media availability. But these guys get asked, you know, an hour's worth of questions every day for four straight days. And there's only, you know, so much that they, I, I, I commend their endurance. Um, yeah. So that's that's that. I mean, as far as stories that I I don't think are getting enough publicity. I mean, I was talking with someone today about it, you know, everyone's making, uh, you know, giving the Eagles a, a pretty good shot because they've embraced the underdog role and how they've ridden that. But what people don't realize is, I mean, the momentum completely resets. We're a week and a half from any meaningful football. Oh, and, yeah. You know, these players, like their, their travel schedules, their pride, it's an away game for both teams. Um, you know, their practice schedules get messed up by all this media availability. So I think it's, it's hard to really build on any momentum. I think that's why some Super Bowls in the past have been so difficult to predict is because you get kind of a clean slate from both sides. And so that's something I think uh, the, the experience is, is a big factor. That one's being talked about a lot. I think once the, the lights go on and the game kicks off at you know, 5.30 central time, 5.30 local time, uh, 6.30 where, you're, where you'll be watching in Charlotte um, you know, on Sunday, you know, the, the lights and all that may affect the Patriots marginally less. Um, I think that story that has been getting a lot of traction is worth talking about. Um, but as far as the Eagles momentum, I don't know how much we can read into, you know, them pounding on the Vikings as, as a sign in, in itself yeah. that they'll be able to uh, dethrone the Patriots. ESPN's Phil Murphy joining us right now on Unpacking It. And, and, and one storyline just that, that popped into my head. I don't, I don't hear enough people talking about the fact that New England is actually going for a back-to-back Super Bowl, which mm-hmm. because we just kind of take that for granted because they've, they've been to so many and they're going for number six. But, but the fact that they're going back-to-back and, and some of the, you know, the, the same players that were on that team last year, of course, are still a part of this. But, but when you are, are talking with you know, either buddies that are there or current former players that you're interviewing, all that sort of thing, for those that are picking the Eagles, because to me it's it's so hard to pick the Eagles. It's it's rare. We don't hear a lot of people saying it. What what are their reasons for giving the Eagles a, a good shot when when they look at this game? What do you what do you find as some of the common threads of this is how the Eagles can win this game? Yeah, I actually talked to uh, NFLIS Trey Wingo about that this morning. You know, got his pick uh, for one of our shows and. He said, you know, if I'm picking with my heart, I'm picking the Eagles because they seem to be the team that the public's supporting. They're the underdog. A lot of people just outright dislike the Patriots. So that's the team, you know, they'll, they'll root their second favorite team. You know, whoever their favorite team is, their second favorite team is whoever's playing against New England. Um, <laughs> that's right. So that's kind of been the, the impetus. But, you know, Trey said, yeah, but if, I'm, if you're asking me to pick with my head, I'm taking New England. I'm taking Tom Brady. He called him a uh, Freddy Krueger in that he's just impossible <laughs> to kill. <laughs> yep. um, but, I mean, it's, it holds true. Brady's had 53 career game-winning drives, 11 in the postseason. So when they get the ball and a chance to, you know, take over and beat Jacksonville in the fourth quarter, I mean, everyone knows they've seen this movie before. And, I mean, I think the Jaguars themselves, they were, they were scared to put the game away. They were scared to do anything mm-hmm. other than try and drain some clock and just hope that, that you know, zero happened before – um, more Brady heroics, and we didn't know what happened there. Um, 
a, a little bit of symmetry too. You mentioned how, you know, no one's really talking about the Patriots going back to back. You know, they're going for three and four years, which they True. did. They, they completed 13 years ago um, at Super Bowl 39. And that was when they played the Eagles. Um, <laughs> and this is the sixth all time Super Bowl rematch. So there's a little bit of weird symmetry there. I'm sure fans in Philadelphia are hoping things go a little differently um, than that time. That's right. But um, yeah, as far as the repeat, it's very, very difficult to do in a yeah. league designed for parity, especially. And Commissioner Roger Goodell was asked about that at his State of the League address yesterday about, you know, the league's design for parity. Uh, is the New England dominance good or bad for the NFL? And he kind of dodged this specific nature of the question, but he, he defended the balance in the, in the league, um, you know, nationwide, but said when you have a team that is as excellent as New England, it is it is good for the league, and I think he's right. I think the, the ratings for this will be a lot higher than if the Eagles, say, had played the Jaguars um, oh, yeah. in Super Bowl 52. No, definitely. And I always think, man, I love when the Patriots are in the Super Bowl because almost every one of their games has come down to the wire. So it's always a good one, mm-hmm. which, which I love. And, and in thinking of that, it, which, which maybe Patriots Super Bowl is your favorite? Wh- which, ga- which game comes to mind is the one you enjoyed watching the most? Well, I'm a Broncos fan, so I'm going to have to go with one that they lost. Um, okay. I would say uh, the when they had the when they lost the perfect season, only because you know you had the helmet catch. Yep. And, um, that was uh, was that Super Bowl 42 um, when yeah I think that was a Plexigo Burris touchdown from from Manning at the end. So David Tyree's helmet catch yep. Super Bowl 42 was my favorite Patriots Super Bowl because the Giants won the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was a good one. I guess I mean I think last year's with the comeback was was hard to beat. Um oh, so yeah. but but I'm with you just as far as with the undefeated season on the line. That was that was an awesome one. So I, I just my expectation going into Sunday's game is it's it's going to be another close one just because that's what we're used to when New England's in the the Super Bowl. So we can uh, we can hope for that for sure. Phil Murphy is our guest right now on Unpacking It, and he's been with ESPN since 2010, and he's in Minnesota covering the Super Bowl, and and he's he's seen internationally on different ESPN outlets uh, in Africa and Australia and the Philippines, and and Phil, I think since the last time we've talked, your your role with ESPN ha- has changed a little bit. So so tell us what this looks like and and what what the experience has been like just being seen and, and heard all over the world as part of your role with ESPN. Yeah. I mean, as far as the experience, it's been phenomenal and humbling. You know, I get Twitter interaction for people who watch me in, in Ghana and Nigeria and all over um, Africa, Kenya with the other day. Uh, yeah. My role is my, my primary role is to anchor a nightly sports center on seven days a week, 365 in sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, there's a network over there called Kwese Sports. And if, if you think that they're kind of like an ESPN in that they have Kwese Sports 1 and Kwese Sports 2 and a channel called Kwese Sports Free. And we are the fourth channel in what they call their bouquet, which mm. is a, a way better, way, way, way nicer sounding way of saying family of networks. <laughs> uh, but the ESPN channel there is a primary, primarily American sport channel uh, with a nightly American sports center. So the sports center, you know, we do cover some international soccer, but our lead a couple of nights ago was James Harden's 60 point triple double. Mm. And our lead Monday morning will be sights and sounds and a, a very long highlight from the Super Bowl. Um, so it's, it's like you would see any other sports center. It would look like any other sports center. You'd just be like, Hey, I haven't seen that host before. Um, <laughs> so we are, we're there, you know, seven nights a week, 365. And then we also do, um, I do updates for Australia and Caribbean. So that's, 
two other networks that we have. And um, launching December 17th, we had a network that was owned, operated, and produced um, that launched in Manila in the Philippines for a Filipino audience. And they cover the PBA, the Filipino Basketball Association, and the NBA very heavily. Oh, wow. We pro- provide for them an American sports block every day. So we have one you know, five-minute block of their show. And while I'm here on site and, you know, when I'm at other events this year, like I'm going to the final four and a couple other to be determined events, I think we're sending a representative to the NBA all-star game in a couple of weeks. Um, we go and we just, you know, shoot up, shoot, whatever the story is and give them a little, you know, on-site instant analysis. Sometimes it's a talk back. Sometimes it's like a self-contained package or something of that nature. And, you know, I'm like, okay, who's hosting today? So-and-so. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron and Leah. Back to you in, in Manila. And then oh. thanks. Um, Nandi and, and Benji back to you in Johannesburg and, wow. you know, go around and it's, you cover a lot of ground. So, you know, that's what I'll be doing tonight, actually doing a, a 30 minute pregame show for Australia. And then uh, on top of that, I'll be doing these updates for, uh, these, all the uh, updates and IAs for these markets. So it's pretty cool. I mean, you, you're standing there and they swap out mics and you look down at the mic flag, like, okay, this one's for the Philippines and you rip it out. So it's, it's pretty sweet. You know, I, uh, I spent some time living internationally as a kid and I saw yeah. how sport was kind of a common language, um, you know, bridged a lot of barriers, um, you know, with me and, and some kids in the, in the village in Germany where I was living. Um, and so it's, it's a really awesome and humbling to be a part of that now in my profession. Wow. That, that's really cool. And it's, it's just eye opening, even for somebody like me who is in the media and loves sports and is a, a huge sports fan, just to hear about what's going on around the world and the, and the fact that it's, it's coming from ESPN. So I, I guess I'm just curious, how, how does that relationship work then with, with ESPN and then these other networks? Well, I mean, some of them are ESPN networks, so, so they're you know, they, Oh, wow. Yeah, they're, well, either, you know, I, I, I can't speak exactly to the business agreement because I don't really know the specifics of it, but yeah. functionally, you know, um, like in Africa, they'll say, you know, the, the business deal was loosely, yeah, we want to produce sports center. Um, we want, we, we see sports center in the U.S. We want something like that. So they, you know, give us an amount of money and then we produce sports center and send that to them every night. Um, other markets, they said, hey, we, we want to do the producing, um, but we want it to be sports center. So it's more of like a licensing agreement there, but we also provide them content as part of that deal. So it varies by market. Um, but the exact nature of it is it is an ESPN product. Um, and it is, some of it's produced in Bristol, some of it's produced internationally, depending on the deal and some of it's a, a hybrid. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of work going on with guys overseas and weird hours and all that. Yeah. Um, so my normal run of show, I get in, far earlier than the morning in the morning than anyone aside from those on like Golik and Wingo and the seven, a sports center yeah. to knock out my show. And then here I'm actually um, doing stuff late at night to you know, almost pre-tape for the next day uh, because we want to get it to the Philippines in time since they're 13 hours ahead of us on the East coast, wow. 14 hours ahead of us here. So, yeah, so it's, uh, that's cool. It's, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting challenge and, you know, a lot of days between emails sometimes because <laughs> you forget it's like, Oh, it's 4am where you are. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's a really cool dynamic and it's been awesome to, you know, get to interact with people from around the globe and, and you know, have my passion, you know, have, have a shared passion with them. Absolutely. No, that, that's awesome and, and just fascinating to hear. So I appreciate you, you sharing about that and excited for you and, and, and the opportunity that you have to, to be a part of that. 
and and, and Phil Murphy from ESPN are our guests right now on Unpacking It. And and Phil has joined us on the show before and and shared a lot about his his faith journey and and just his his story uh, of following Jesus. And and so I'd love to just kind of hear what what God has been teaching you recently, and and just the the fact that you recently got married. I know factors into just the the journey as as well. So so what's kind of been on your heart, and 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 what's God been revealing to you? I mean, I would say the biggest thing would be, um, you know, his magnitude. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's really cool to see, you know, at our, at our wedding, for example, so many people coming together and, you know, some of them who, who know the Lord and some of them who don't. Um, and then to see how like, you know, hearts were, were struck, you know, by either the ceremony itself or, you know, the testimony of those there, just, you know, seeing us interact in community and hearing stories, you know, was, you know, I was handing out groomsmen gifts or my wife was handing out, you know, her bridesmaid gifts about, you know, the impact they've had on those lives. So seeing how like, you know, just really like the Cornea community come together, but also just how, um, you know, some of the, some of the struggles that she and I have each have been through being redeemed, um, in something like that in a setting like that and being so visible and obvious to those who, you know, we've been praying for a lot, but don't, you know, yet know the Lord. Um, so that, that, that's the one that's the most immediate is just to know how, how big and, uh, you know, how, how so much of, what we've been through has been just part of his plan. Um, yeah, but that's, that's probably the big one, man. I mean, cause that's just so immediate. That's one that's just, you know, my wife and I've been talking about as some of the, uh, the fallout, I guess you could say from some conversations that have, that have happened since then. Um, and things that we've heard about that have happening and conversations that continue to happen between people who attended the wedding. Um, so it's, that's been really, really cool to see. Definitely. Um, and just, you know, how she and I are, you know, an answered prayer for each other. It's just, uh, it's really, really humbling. And it just, you know, for me, it underscores like, okay, well, you know, if he's, if he's that, that big and, and that powerful, um, omnipotent and he's that good, then, you know, I can, I can trust him and that's I can, right. I, it, you, you pursue him in prayer with delight, not about now, not out of obligation. Mm, that's a great line out of delight, not, obli- not out of obligation. Very, very cool. Yeah. You and I both had a hard time saying it. It's a good line, but that, I got to figure out how to spit it out. That's <laughs> right. That's right. I was doing it from memory at the same time, but, but no, I love that. That's uh that's awesome. And, and, and I know too, that, that you're, you're somewhat of a reader and, and I know books that you've read explicit gospel and, and don't wait your life uh has there been something you've been reading lately or, or even a, a book of the bible that, that you've been studying yeah um well, a specific chapter um my best man and i and a couple other guys have been going through romans 8 um nice a verse at a time and so we have an alarm that goes off on our phones collectively at noon each day and we go through a verse um i'm, I'm slacking today <laughs> i've been working today yeah um but we'll go through a verse and just kind of be in a group text about, you know, what, what our observations are, you know, in light of the context. So it's been like a really just slow, deep dive and that's been good. And uh, I'm getting ready to lead a study through uh, John Piper's future grace, uh, which I'm really excited about. I've I've only just started digging into it, but I I think it's going to be a a book that has a profound impact. So um, you mentioned don't don't waste your life. I mean, that's a, that's a Piper book. So I'm just kind of going along that vein still, uh, with future grace right now. So we'll see where that leads. Oh, that that's awesome, man. Very, very cool. Love hearing that. And, and then one final thought, just kind of thinking about the Super Bowl and, and thinking about just, just the underlying faith element to, to the, the story is for both teams. Um, but I know that the Philadelphia Eagles, especially this year, 
they, they've just been very vocal and outspoken. Last, last week on the show, we actually had Chris Maragos uh, sharing about his story and his faith and, and the team's faith and all that sort of thing. But, but just from your perspective in, in interacting with the team and, and hearing some of these stories as, as well, what, what do you kind of make of the season that they've had, uh, especially just with their, their openness that, that's been so evident? Yeah, I mean, it's cool to see, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not the type who's going to, you know, suggest like, oh, these guys are more open about their Bible studies, so I'm going to give them the edge on Sunday. But it is, it is awesome to see the guys use the platform, and, you know, Nick Foles in particular, you know, that kind of priority in, um, in a business that is so inherently competitive is, I think, is, I think, a lesson that we can all apply to whatever our field is, and just seeing how, you know, he's able to keep that priority right, and, um, you know, I think the, the Lord has rewarded that faithfulness um, with him, you know, and and how he's been given credit where credit's due there. And, um, you know, it's, it's something I'm um, doing work this week with Emmanuel Acho, yeah. uh, former Eagles linebacker. So he has he and I do a segment together every night. And he was I heard him talking on, a, you know, one of our Deportes sets the other day about, you know, how he was in a Bible study with um, Carson and uh Maybe not Carson Wentz. I don't think they overlapped in Philly, but uh, Nick Foles definitely, and a couple other guys. And you know, it's just this this culture of you know being authentic with you know their relationship with the Lord and, and where it's striking them. And I think it's it's really cool to see how um, sports media at large has been so respectful of that because they're guys who walk the talk and they're they're upstanding people and um, you know they're respected in the community. They they give back immensely to the community. They live very open handedly, mm. and it's for them. It's just it's them being honest about who they are and what they prioritize and what matters to them. And for them, what is um, you know the pinnacle of, of their importance in their day to day lives. So I think Foles in particular does a great example of that. But Matt Slater is the same way on the Patriots. Yep. Um, I know for one, and there are a handful of other guys who you know I could. I could list off here, but uh, it's it's really cool to see anyone with that kind of platform and you know with that kind of consequence potentially being open about their faith, being uh, fearless and bold, and um, you know I I think you know good faithful servants to the king. Amen. And the same is true for you. And and so Phil, man, we appreciate you being a part of unpacking it today and and all that that you're doing and representing and uh, man around the world. So so keep being a light and 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 doing a great job on the air and and off the air as well. And we're excited to to hear about the marriage and so hopefully you get that that honeymoon in and and uh and, and enjoy the rest of your time in minnesota uh covering the super bowl so, so thanks so much for taking some time today Bryce, thanks so much brother all right there's phil murphy anchor for espn you can see him internationally you can also see some of his videos on espn.com uh as well and so we greatly appreciate him being a part of unpacking it today So some good Super Bowl talk with Phil, and I, I will say I, I'm trying to convince myself that the Eagles can win this game. I, I really am. It, it's so easy to just say, ah, New England's just too good, and it's like, oh, you gotta you go back and forth thinking, wait, could the Eagles really do this? And I, I'm just I'm getting that feeling, but who knows? We'll see. It's gonna be fun. I can't wait to watch it, and uh, I th- I think no matter what, it's gonna be a close game, like we were talking about. And that's what I root for as a, a fan of of neither team. So it <laughs> doesn't, doesn't ultimately matter. Uh, I don't know what the better story would be. I, th- I think it would be a better story if New England loses because it would just raise so many more questions and about the future of Brady and Belichick and all that. Uh, and it would also be very intriguing to think that the Eagles win without Carson Wentz. That's what I always go back to. That would just be so unbelievable. And then to get him back next year, 
Wow. Could be could be incredible. All right. So the the one line that both of us stumbled upon or or stumbled over that that we can approach God in prayer with delight, not obligation. And and I just think that's a, a powerful line. I hope that we'll allow that to to set in a little bit because sometimes even even when you think about praying over lunch or or dinner or certain times during a, a church service, it can feel very robotic. It can feel out of obligation and and you just kind of go with the flow. But when you really take a step back and understand who God is, his power, his faithfulness, his his omnipotence, omnipresence, all those big words that represent just how big and awesome and amazing God is. And the fact that we can approach him through Jesus and 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 to know him in a in a deep way and that he hears our prayers, he answers our prayers and and so when we view prayer through that lens of his majesty and and stepping into his throne and and being able to approach him um it allows us to enjoy prayer and to delight in him and to delight in that opportunity to communicate with the creator and the god of the universe and so it it, it shouldn't feel out of obligation and even even over dinner that we have that opportunity to approach him, to thank him for for providing that he's the God over all, even the the piece of pizza in front of us. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I've got pizza on the mind because I'm gonna have pizza tonight. But uh, but but I, I think that's a, a wonderful line to write down to think about. We can approach God in prayer with delight, not obligation. So what an opportunity we have. So I hope that that's an encouragement to you. We'd love to know your thoughts on today's show. What is your Super Bowl prediction? Send me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com, Bryce at unpackingit.com. And we'll talk to you next week right here on the Unpacking It podcast.